Hi there, this is Chris Walter. I'm the pastor of New Beginnings Church, and this is our weekly sermon podcast. Thanks for joining us today. I hope this inspires you to grow in your faith and causes you to see God in your life in a new way. Enjoy the message. Our first reading this morning comes out of the 19th chapter in the Gospel of John. We hear these words. After this, when Jesus knew that all was now finished, he said, in order to fulfill the scripture, I am thirsty. A jar full of sour wine was standing there. So they put a sponge full of the wine on a branch of hyssop and held it to his mouth. When Jesus had received the wine, he said, it is finished. Then he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. second reading this morning again comes from the Gospel of John, this time in the 20th chapter, where we hear a very familiar passage of Scripture. We encounter Mary here at the tomb. But Mary stood weeping outside the tomb. As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb. She saw two angels in white sitting where the body of Jesus had been lying, one at the head and the other at the feet. They said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? She said to them, They have taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. When she had said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not know that it was Jesus. And Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you looking for? Supposing him to be the gardener, she said to him, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him, and I will take him away. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned and said to him in Hebrew, Rabboni, which means teacher. Jesus said to her, Do not hold on to me, because I have not yet ascended to the Father. But go to my brothers and say to them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord. And she told them that he had said these things to her. Now, there's a story of a, of a missionary who was in Brazil. And this story, as it's told, is about this individual who was out in the jungle. And he stumbled across a tribe of local natives in a very, very remote part of the jungle. Now, this tribe lived near a very large river. They were very friendly. But what he quickly discovered was they were in need of medical attention, dire need of a medical attention, because the disease was running through the tribe, killing off the population. Individuals were dying day by day. Now, the missionary realized that just across the river and not too far away was an infirmary in which if he could just get the tribe to go with him, They could receive medical attention, and they would be cured. However, in order to reach this hospital, the only way was to cross the river that was in front of them. Yet he quickly discovered that none of the locals would cross this river because they believed that if they entered the water, they would die by evil spirits. 
because to them the water was consumed by evil. And so to enter it would mean certain death. And the missionary set about the difficult task of attempting to overcome this superstition believer, believe of the tribe. He would eventually explain to them how he himself had come across the water and arrived unharmed. But yet, none, nothing seemed to ever work. And isn't it true for a lot of us that sometimes fear or anxiety or stress or the worry about what may occur consumes us? Consumes us so much so that we, ref- we almost refuse to face the day ahead. And in some cases, life is going well, but we're just going through the motions. We don't want to live. And sometimes that's fear that has control of us. Sometimes that is just worry that overcomes our lives. It consumes us. It in turn paralyzes us from living the life that God has intended for us. It causes us not to see hope anymore. Not to realize that peace and love is right there with us. That becomes our focus. But the truth is fear, anxiety is not always where we think it is. One of the things about this section of the Gospel of John, we're familiar with it because it's the resurrection story. It's the the story where Mary encounters the risen Christ. But it's also a story that sometimes, for all of us, Mary included, we look where we think something is and it's no longer there. We struggle to understand why. For Mary herself, she stood outside the tomb, a tomb which held pain for her, which held worry and sadness She would bend over and look inside this tomb, thinking that she would see her pain. She would see the brokenness, her heart shattered because her Lord and Savior, Jesus, her teacher, was gone. This is where it was left. She could come back day after day and wonder why. As As she looked inside there, Sitting with two angels. One at the head, where for her it was where fear was spoken into her life. And one at the feet, where for her that fear would continue to journey, yet it was all gone. There was God. God's messengers had come to share a reminder of hope for her. We know this story so well that God conquered the grave, but he also conquers pain and sorrow and fear and anger. All of these things that consume our daily lives and keep us prisoners. It was here that Mary demonstrated that fear does not have to hold on to us. This missionary encountered a tribe who was consumed by the fear of water. 
that this river that they lived by day after day, month after month, year after year, was evil. That if anyone went into it, they would surely perish. They would never come out alive. The missionary went as far as to put his hand in the water and showed them that his hand did not die. He did not die, but yet still they doubted. They wouldn't believe him. No, that's where evil and brokenness is. He even walked into the water, splashing water on his face, coming back out of the water, showing them he was okay, and still they thought to themselves, no, 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 this is where evil and death is. This is where our pain is, and we will not go to it. He even got to the point of frustration that he dove into the water, swimming under the water to the other side. To the other side. You see, even for Mary, as she looked in and she saw these angels sitting there, they looked at her and said, why are you still crying? Why are you still crying? Because what you came to find The fear is no longer here. She said that Jesus is not where you are looking. And Mary comments back and she says, but but he's supposed to be here. This is what I expect. I don't want to let go of that pain. I expect to find it here. And instead of seeing the hope that Jesus had conquered this, she continued to just see now an empty an empty tomb. She didn't see the angels, really. She didn't hear when they turned to her and said, he's no longer here because hope wins the day. And then there standing next to her is Jesus. She turns and she sees him standing there. And she doesn't recognize him. Jesus asks her, why are you weeping? Whom are you really looking for? She believes he's just a simple gardener. There to take care of the grounds. To do the simple tasks that needed to be done. It says that that she turned and saw Jesus, but that she didn't know it was him. How often for us in our lives, when we face difficult moments, do we turn and we recognize that Jesus is there, but we really don't see him? We don't realize that he's carrying us every day. And I'm not talking big moments in our lives. I'm talking even the simple moments of frustration. When we walk in life and we wonder, is Jesus really with me today? The truth is, he is. The Gospel of John throughout this book reminds us over and over again, through all of his teachings, that Jesus never leaves us. He's with us always. Even in death, he is there. Mary turns to Jesus and says, Sir, if you have taken him away, if you have taken away pain that I expect to see here in his body. Well, you need to tell me where he's at. 
you need to show me. Because that's why I'm here. That's why I'm weeping. Because my, my pain, my frustration, my anger, it's, it's what I can hold on to because I know what it is. It's easier. Tell me where he's at and I will go and take him. Jesus says one word to her. He cries her name out. And it was in this moment that she realized that there he was. There he is and there he has always been and will always be. And Jesus does that for us every day. Sometimes we hear his cry for us and sometimes we miss it. Because the noise of the world can be so consuming, can be so overwhelming. Sometimes we hear his voice so clear and we realize that Jesus is with us today. I think the sad reality is sometimes that's only when good things are happening. Sometimes that's only when there are no storms in life. When all seems to be smooth sailing for us. But yet we've forgotten that Jesus was there in the storm, calming the waters for us, pouring out a strength upon us that we cannot understand. He tells her, do not hold on to me. Mary, do not hold on to me. Not because he's telling her, let me go and forget about me and just I'll go away. He says, no, you don't need to hold on to me. Because I'm holding on to you. I have you in my hands. It's not that you need to hold on to me. It's that I have you. You see, this passage is not just an Easter passage that we should only read and sit with once a year. It's not a passage that that only comes around once every 365 days. It's a passage that we should hold on to every day. Every single day. Because it is the reminder that there is always hope there. Because our Lord walks with us. He stands next to us. He is not on that cross. And he is not in that tomb. And the world will beat us down. The world will stress us out. But the truth is, Jesus will conquer it all. He gives Mary a direction to go. He says, go, Mary. Do not sit at this place of pain any longer. Do not feel guilty that you're not here. But go, he says. He tells her to go back to his brothers, to his disciples. But in truth, he's telling her to go back into the world with strength and with courage, with a voice that is so powerful to go and share the good news. That hope doesn't die. That fear won't win the day. He says, go. Just go. And that's the message for all of us is to go. 
just go into the world with hope in our hearts, with love, with grace, with courage and with strength. And if there comes a moment when we feel weak, or we have a table that has been set for us, that we can come to and be restored time and time again. You see, for this missionary who faced an undaunting challenge in this tribe who was dying day by day, person by person, there was a thing that stood between them and hope. And it wasn't really even the river. It was just fear. The missionary arrived on that other side of the river. He stood up and he raised his fists in the air in triumph. It was only in that moment that the tribe realized they too can conquer the water of fear. That it took someone else to show them where hope was, where hope lies. And the truth is for us, that is Jesus. Whether your river is a river of fear or anxiety or pain or anger or whatever it might be that keeps you from living the life that Christ has for you, even today, right now, how are you alive for Jesus? How are you filled with hope for tomorrow? Because you see, Jesus came and he saw that the people were enslaved by a fear of cheap power. Jesus would explain that the river of death is nothing but fear. But yet the people wouldn't believe him. He would touch a boy and bring him back to life, yet they were still unconvinced. He would whisper life into a little girl. And the people were still cynical. He would let a dead man spend four days in a grave. And he would call him out. But yet, was that enough? No. No. But it was necessary for him to enter that river. To submerge himself in the water of death. Before people would believe. He would have to come to the other side. And in that moment, we could celebrate. In that moment, we knew. The river of death would never consume us, never defeat us. No matter how strong it seemed, we would always have a greater strength in our Lord. That is this table that has been set before us. That is this table of great hope that we can come to time and time again. In which we are reminded that his body is broken for us. That here in this holy place, that when we feel at our weakest, we may come and be filled with strength again to face the world that lies ahead. Because we have no idea what evil awaits us, what brokenness is around the corner. But yet here, Jesus' brokenness for you is available. And it is here in this same place where his blood was poured out, where his blood was emptied for you, where restoration and hope resides. 
And we can come as often as we need. Because this table is the table of hope. The table of His amazing grace and love for you. That every time you come, every time you arrive, you are coming to be greeted by Him with His arms wide open for you. Because He loves you. He loves us all that much. Let us pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, we give thanks to you on this day. We ask, Lord, that you pour out your Spirit on these elements, making them the body and blood of your Son, Jesus Christ. That in this we celebrate at this table that Christ died, Christ rose, Christ is alive for us. And that in that, there is great hope, great love for us. And we give great thanks to you, Almighty God, in all these things. Amen. And so, friends, the table has been set. You are invited to come as you are able. To come Come to Jesus.
so gracious Father, we give thanks for this, your precious gift of bread and wine. For Lord, we have come to the table to find hope again, to be restored by you and your amazing grace. And for this, Lord, we give thanks and praise to you. In the name of your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Please turn to page 275 or on the screen, Blessed Redeemer. <laughs> 